Hello and welcome to episode one of Skepsis Speaks, my new monthly podcast where I will be getting guests into my studio, um, some good friends of mine just to talk about life, various things, aspects of the music industry. Um, so yeah, this month we have uh, the big bad Tier 7 joins yo, me. Yo, 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 what are you saying man, you good? <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, no, good man, um, Tier 7, um, member of Crewcast good friend of mine baseline originator I just thought um, he was coming down to mine uh, we live quite far apart I live in London he lives in Leeds just near Leeds so uh, thought it was only right as I got all this uh, this equipment in to record the first episode yeah how you been anyway yeah I'm good man yeah. uh, looking forward to a nice hour chat ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know like I I mean I've got a rough structure of, of what I'm gonna do but I'm just going to have to sort of go with the flow and like, mm. I guess, adapt with it as it goes along. Um, yep. But yeah, obviously, um, we just, uh, the reason T's actually here is we just we just finished our tune, didn't we? Yeah, I'm really <laughs> feeling really excited Second about attempt. it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's been a good one, man. Yeah, no. Um, so we firstly uh, made a tune about, what, like two years ago? 2018. Yeah, yeah. That. So um, nearly two years ago. And... Um, we made we made like a playable version, didn't we? Yeah. But um, I don't know. It was all right. It's called Hustle. Obviously, some people have, have been asking about that one. Yeah. Um, but I think much happier with this one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to um, get it finished, and you know, if you come to a show in future, maybe get a quick preview before the the release. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, like um, to be honest, like it came together really quickly, didn't it? Like, the track today. Six yesterday. hours, seven hours. I know, I know, honestly, had you over for three days and we literally finished most of it in the first session. Yeah. Like, I think like with a collaboration, like you never know how it's going to go. Isn't yeah. it? Like, Hopefully it's a good sign that, like, you know, when, when things kind of fall into place and not overthought too much. So yeah, exciting yeah. times. Let's see how it, how yeah, it turns yeah, man. out loud, man. I think like, I think our styles are quite... They're like they're they're very distinct, but they're still quite they could they're quite similar and they're quite adaptable. Like we could like how this came out. Yeah, you know? and uh, I think it's uh, playing so many shows together. Yeah. You know what fits in my set, and I kind of know what fits in yours. So hopefully it'll be a uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, bro. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's good to have you down. So um, cheers, bro. Obviously, I thought you'd be a good a good guest to have because you've you've literally been around, you know, for for what like how many years now? Um, I probably first came in. I'd say. Towards the end of 2016, uh, 2006 even. Is that so a like, different tier seven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so about 14 years ago, I first came in. 14 years, so I would have been 10. Yeah, that's mad. That's mad. So obviously, you've kind of seen, you know, baseline, bass music, yep. kind of the first time, and then sort of the dip, and then yes, the the peaks and the troughs, like you know, with with most kind of genres um you have good times you have bad times so you kind of like you know yeah roll yeah. the punches and yeah try yeah. Hanging there, man. so i've um i've obviously on my on my instagram and facebook I, I compiled questions to send in for people to send in to you and um so i'll be reading you some of them throughout the interview not mm -hmm. like a whole section but um yeah. what like inspired you to like get into music as, as such um well in bradford there was a crew called dws and used to like do a lot of like grime music and and grime sets and like i was fascinated by the way you could kind of you know put sounds together and there was a producer that was a little bit older than me and i was like well how how do you make music like what do, what do you do to get the beats and that's when he kind of introduced me to fl studio 
So I managed is to that get more of a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he introduced me. Right, to... <laughs> yeah, just turned the light off in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> he introduced me to FL Studio or we call Fruity Loops at the time. And yeah, from then on I just started, you know, making beats. I used to play the piano when I was like five, six. My mum used to make me go, I used to hate it, but obviously now I can't, you know, thank her enough for kind of yeah, making yeah, me do how that. You came up with the riff in our tune, like definitely. <laughs> yeah, so it's helped, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Oh, sick, much sick. It, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you've had quite a musical, musical background. Um, yeah. Is is piano the only instrument you can? Um, it's the only instrument that I kind of like went for lessons for, and you know, did my careers. I managed to get to grade five. Um, can play a little bit on the drums. I used to play recorder in reception at school. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. To Big be recorder, yeah. <laughs> recorder gang. Sick one, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So I, I had piano lessons as well, but I just I couldn't hack it. Like I found it too difficult. Yeah. Um. I I I ended up. Well, I played the drums for four years. Mm. Um. And got to grade four, maybe a bit longer. Yeah. But um. I think like obviously having that kind of real life musical, it, like experience helps with the production side yeah it helps although like um you know the music we do in particular it's not that heavily based on on the theory side it definitely does help in terms of you know like vocal arrangements yeah. and getting and, your and, keys and general and like yeah yeah and music theory to some extent you know like a lot of your recent tunes have been quite riff like orientated and riff then based, yeah, yeah. the obviously the the tune that we have made um T came up with the riff quite quickly and yeah. it it kind of centered around that um yeah. yeah so that that's always good anyway yeah um so like obviously this is quite I'm sure you get this a lot but where did your name come from yeah so basically TS is my like name Thomas Sampson and uh the 7 is because I was born in July um I did not pick this name <laughs> it was given simple it was, yeah simple as that like the the crew that I was kind of like chilling with they were like your TS7 I said oh am I and then from then it's kind of stuck <laughs> so you got you got labels yeah, I got label literally stuck a label on my forehead and was like, that's it that's you so, I was so like, see, right. see, seeing as like seeing as you didn't actually choose that name mm. do you, are you happy with it would you change it like if you're being honest well I recently found out that TS7's also a postcode in Middlesbrough I love Middlesbrough and I love everyone up there <laughs> but you know to be named shout after the <laughs> shout out to Middlesbrough a lot being named after a postcode's a bit a bit of a mad one. But yeah, I mean like everyone like kinda knows it now, so there's no real point in changing it. Yeah, like, fair en- fair enough really. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, yeah. it's it's pretty original. Obviously you've got yeah. you've got like T two from the old school scene, but I guess it's a pretty original name. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, sick, yeah, sick. Not mind it, man. Um, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So um what do you think you would be doing if you weren't a DJ producer? So I know I know, you know, yeah so uh, yeah my family is kind of like you know school university based and I was like the only one that kind of wanted to to do something creative um I'm quite good with numbers so I did um I did maths at A level so I'll probably be like an accountant or something really yeah I love maths I love counting is that what your is that what your family got you in like they wanted you to get into that not really it's kind of I weren't really like science based so um that was like the only other thing that i could really you know flex my muscles out so yeah if yeah. i went to music it'd probably be sat in an office doing someone's tax return or something like that yeah so, yeah. yeah and like obviously you've, you've been around for a long time how long have you been doing it full time for 
Um, uh, was there ever a period where you thought about getting a secondary income, like when times got hard, or was it has it always been fairly smooth? In um, no, nah, definitely hasn't been always fairly smooth. Like I said, I started in two thousand and yeah, because obviously, like I said, you you've been around mm. through all different periods of music being popular. Yeah, you know, and that sort of that sort of weird period, like at the start of last decade, like twenty eleven to fourteen, where yeah was going on like. so 2007 that's kind of i'd say when um the first like massive wave of baseline appeared you know with like the t2 heartbrokens the h2 what, what, what was be? the what was like obviously what was the money like on the shows back then? were you were you able to like live full time doing shows back then yeah well? because i was i was young i was like a young boy so um you know making the amount i was making albeit it wasn't a lot it was more than you know yeah, my contemporaries were making, so yeah. I was buzzing. How old it. were you around that time? Like twenty? Oh no, like you must have been like less than twenty. Mm, I was a young boy. Yeah. I'm not gonna give my wage. I was a, I was a <laughs> young boy, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, it's kind of um, it was a lot. It was a lot for for how old I was. Um, but yeah, so 2007 was when it was kind of like popping. Like there was a few crossover moments, a few massive compilations. And then I'd say towards like 2010, 2011 is when it kind of like started to tail off a bit. Mm. And that period between I'd say 2011 and 2000 and I'd say maybe 13 was was quite difficult. Yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like the bass, you, you kind of kind went of... into like radio shows and stuff, didn't you? Like the yeah, you had the radio show. I remember. I think I used to send you music. For yeah, that. for Kiss Fresh. Yeah, yeah you yeah. sent me the radio, not bootleg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I got gassed when you played it. As yeah, well. yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so I didn't really know what I was doing myself. So I started dabbling in a few kind of like house bits. Um, I ended up getting yeah, you a had that, show um, on Kiss Fresh. Correct me if I'm wrong. You had that mm. Heartlight tune, didn't you? Was that you? Yeah, Heartlight. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was 2013. It was from that song that I kind of got the Kiss Fresh show. Yeah, yes. Because that because that had some like moderate commercial success, didn't it? Like, yeah, it got um, it, like, yeah, it got playlisted on one extra. It was on like MTV based the yeah. video. So you went a bit sort of housey, like you know when yeah. When so signs I was got, I was getting booked for like a lot of like housey kind of shows, which I weren't like crazy about because like the tune was just an experiment and all of a sudden I started getting mm. but watch. your heart wasn't fully in that sort of yeah. nah it wasn't it wasn't but I just felt like you know you had to kind of like try and keep your head you know afloat yeah. almost but um yes yeah, yeah. so it's worked out all right now so. yeah so like what in depth like mm. when sort of that old school baseline sound was tailing off a bit what what did you start doing you just literally started with the more housey side and <sighs> it's really the radio hard to show off that i didn't really know what i kind of stood for and what ts7 stood for because as far as i knew at the time that was kind of like baseline was kind of you know had gone on to something else like uk funky was hot dubstep was just coming in and everyone had yeah, kind it was of definitely like a transition period. a massive transition yeah. yeah and obviously i was so young when that was happening I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue doing music, mm. especially after such a peak in 2007, 2008. Yeah. So, when, when would you say the peak of the old school sound was? In my opinion, like, I'd say definitely 2007, 2008. 2007. Yeah, because T2 had a chart hit. And so did That's when it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah DJ yeah. Q as well, he had a massive in, Interesting well. how those underground, very underground, like very raw tracks mm. sort of... <laughs> communicated into like big chart hits it was almost like strange but because where i'm from down south i wasn't familiar with baseline at that time yeah and then i obviously saw that video for heartbroken t2 mm -hmm. and i thought it was a tune but obviously i didn't i was i was 12 like 
you know, I, yeah. d- I didn't know what it was, but I thought it was quite a nice song. But that's obviously what the chart success will spread it out to a wider audience. Yeah, the, the funny thing about all those songs is they were never really, you know, planned to be commercial hits. They were made for like a club in no, of course, and, they're, and, they're, and you yeah, and you can hear they're not tailored for the charts. They're no. literally raw underground baseline tracks that have just for some reason been connected up yeah exactly so, so obviously when i say for some reason it's not disrespectful you know it mm, was just like yeah. it wasn't it was just made it wasn't planned it was similar to yeah. other tracks you know like yeah, yeah of course. but um yeah that's that's uh yeah, that's so, mad and yeah. then um, obviously there was a couple of others uh, around that time yeah there's um, a few others uh, Mike Delinquent had a big song as well with um, My Destiny yeah um, and obviously like um, H2O and like what's yeah, it going to be it but gonna that's be? more like Speed Garage isn't it yeah really? and then I obviously had Smile Smile wasn't like a yeah. massive massive song that was song. your big tune but like, at the time yeah, yeah it was my biggest song obviously, and Raise Your Glasses and still mention it now yeah 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 sometimes I'm like playing and <laughs> someone will tweet me or something really? saying play Smile I'm like guys please yeah. <laughs> probably comes up quite high when they YouTube search you yeah yeah, if they didn't exactly. know about it from but the thing is when you go on YouTube and you search smile it's labelled niche smile like back in the day ah. everything used to be called niche every song <laughs> is it, is, niche is, is, track is, is, four is it even niche or it's like Jamie, Jamie Duggan's Duggan track 10 yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah so smiles on there it's had like a million plus kind of um, views and no one even knows it's me because it's labelled niche oh. smile so I'm like Jesus Christ it's a shame isn't it it's like when it's like when a track gets like a big like exposure and the, the artist doesn't get properly credited exactly so yeah. it's on over a million yeah it must be like what, um, have you got an official labelled one that's on YouTube yeah I've got an official but I think that's a little bit less that might mm. be like I don't know a few hundred thousand but yeah that, that song was a it was a good one for me man yeah, at yeah. the time yeah yeah Helps a lot. You you were producing on Fruity Loops back then. Nah, so at that time I'd moved to Reason and Reason was like um, the go-to for like 99% of producers at the time and there was a synth called the Subtractor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've heard about Subtractor. Yeah. For the old school. I mean, it is proper old school, but <laughs> yeah. some of the sounds you could get out of there and the mm. basses and because the old school but... sound is so distinctive, isn't it? It's like yeah, because everyone uses the same thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and a lot of people sort of reusing basses yeah. and. I mean, obviously, that's something that doesn't really happen now. I, I think you'd get a bit like... Yeah, like this that. is what I mean. Obviously, I, I don't know as much, but you can obviously explain like the a lot of people reusing drum loops in the old school sound, like Man, it was, bases, it, it was even track names. Like, it's weird, isn't it? Like, there was or was one... it more, more of like a clash culture almost? Like uh, There were clashes, but like, it, it was terms of like, sometimes there'd be a loop and then like for instance the fear loop you know like the, I was going to say that and the, and that drum loop in fear has been used so many times hasn't it it's used by about 15 different yeah, people yeah. it's mad so yeah. people didn't really care back then no I guess there, there, yeah. there weren't as many like rules as such like people the, were just there wasn't any it. rules at all no rules <laughs> no yeah. rules yeah. copy do what you want you know yeah and like and, yeah. and obviously speaking of that like mm. I, I know you probably got some like good stories about like it's kind of known that the the old school scene back back in 2007 when it was a bit, it was a bit dangerous, wasn't it? Like yeah, you know, it like was unbelievably dangerous. Nothing like raves now, really. Like <laughs> back then, um, I was so young. You'd be walking into venues and to be like, would you feel would you feel scared at the time? Not really, because I was so young to know what was going on. Even <laughs> half was, okay, no. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. Um, but by the time you got a little bit older and you you kind of realise what situations you were in and how like slack the security was it's like a, it's a madness what used to really? go on yeah literally anything could happen everything and anything because I, I, yeah. I remember jamie duggan telling me stories about 
you know, shots fired in the club and like yeah, stuff like it's, that. It's honestly madness. So did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah, saw it with my like in in the flesh. You know, people running out of venues, police, dogs. Yeah. It's madness. Did you ever see anything yourself? Like, yeah, with my, yeah, yeah, yeah. In places like I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, most of the time it was up north. Um, yeah. yeah, like gangs clashing or. Or whatever it was. Was it a regular occurrence or was it just sort of every now and then? It was regular and that's what kind of that was one of the reasons why it kind of started to yeah. to tear Because the police kind of targeted the old school baseline sound, didn't they? Like, yeah, like, at the time obviously it wasn't old school baseline, was it? It was just baseline, so they just targeted yeah, the yeah, baseline yeah. kind of sound, yeah. yeah. So anywhere that was kind of like advertising niche or there was a place in Sheffield called Club Vibe, anything to do with that, they shut it down. Got yeah. to a stage where it's kind of like what Grime went through with the you know the form six nine six where the police kind of had the right to shut down yeah any any sort of venue with, with certain artists or yeah yeah exactly because I know in this instance like again Jamie Duggan like he said he was like blacklisted from certain areas and he was just wasn't allowed to perform like and it was kind of yeah it was mad even Club Vibe in Sheffield the trial like you need to be a member. Like a gym almost. You have to take a card Whoa. to get into the club. And if you're not a member of the rave, you're not getting in Jeez, to try yeah. and like yeah. regular, you know, security measures and stuff like that. So yeah. it, was, yeah, it was kind of mad. Did but. you did you ever get sort of blacklisted or like not Um not was the police presence quite heavy? Is that because I've heard that, you know, it was the police pretty much shut down like a Yeah. Lot of... After all, like the the violence and the fights and whatnot, the police and you know security measures started to tighten up but then it was more like let's try get rid of the music rather than let's try and you know regulate it so people who have come out to have a good time can actually have a good time it was more like the music's the problem or this dj's the problem get rid of the music get rid of the dj get rid of the problem kind of thing so so you think the djs were sort of targeted more yeah the DJ, well the djs in the genre kind of go like kind of go hand in hand yeah. so you know get rid of them both and you know it kind of solved the problem yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. did you did you like did you ever personally get in any like beef like you know from nah like i said i was so young to actually realize yeah. the extent of the problems mm. and the uh, you know the magnitude of what was going on i was just kind of like in there if you got locked off you kind of like go home get get a taxi home so yeah yeah you yeah. know but now when i'm a little bit older and i'm thinking back to some of the stuff that went on it's kind of like mm. you know mind-boggling if you look at the rave scene now, it's so like it's so friendly, you know, like yeah. literally any I think that's something that's good about it, is so like, you know, any people from anywhere like yeah. can just come in and have a good time really and it's quite accepting, I guess, but what you're describing so it sounds like miles away from miles away like the, the like community and the togetherness of the yeah. of the raves and the party goers now is like yeah, it's a totally different dynamic, which is probably a reason why it's managed to get to the stage that it's got to at the moment. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And um, you mentioned a you mentioned a club called Sheridans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. explain to me more about that because someone asked if that was your first big show there at Sheridans. Like, was that was that like the hub of of baseline? Yeah. At one so point? Sheridans was because I because obviously I'm I'm a southerner so I'm not excluded. Excluded. But yeah. Like I, I obviously assume niche would be. Yeah, so Sheridan's was like it was a club in Dewsbury. Um, is, that, is that in, is that near Sheffield? Um, not really. It's more near. Oh, so like, it was kind of on its own. Like, yeah, it's oh. near it's near Huddersfield ish, oh, okay. like outskirts of Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, I remember first going there and T two was playing the warm up. So I think it was like eleven till twelve, and it was freezing. Do you know when it's so cold and you like breathe out and you can see uh, what inside the club inside or? the club because nobody was there. T two was playing oh, eleven shit. till twelve. 
And we just like go, oh, and you can see all like, yeah, <laughs> carbon dioxide, yeah, because it was freezing. Um, and then the uh, owner came up to me and said, all right, do you want a set here? I was like, yeah, definitely. What, uh, just on a random one? No, nah, because he knew I was a producer oh, okay. because people are obviously Duggan and Q and Sean Banks, um, Scott so were playing. For, for, any, for any young producers, DJs listening who want to try and get more sets, get out there and whatever, that is a, I'd say that's a good example of, you know, showing face, like it's always a good get way to, the to venue, yeah. networking, like showing face, like it, the effort really, you know, from my experience as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of a common thing. Yeah. And so Sheridan's, yeah, like I said, I got my first set. I remember it was for like Peanuts, which is fine. It's one of my first sets. Um, and then after the set, it was like when I played, it was early, but after the set, after did like, you, did you play 11 till 12 as well? Yeah, it was an early slot. And at the end of the night, we used to stay till six. Um, the promoter actually came up to me and said, oh, here's a little bit more extra on top of the wedge. And I was like, wow, this is like unheard of. Oh, so I was buzzing. Yeah. Like he was balling. Yeah. And is that your first music money as well? Well, nah, my first set, I got like, I don't know, like 30 or 40 quid or something from like, I don't know, yeah, some yeah. little bar. But yeah, I was really chuffed with that. And then from then on, I started to get more and more sets and yeah, it started to get really good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sick. Um, yeah. So sounds like obviously that was around what, like you 16, 17 or? Oh, I don't even know. I was young. It's like yeah. 2000 and... Yeah, I said 2006. That's like 15 years ago. <laughs> it's madness when I think about it. It's madness, man. Do you feel old? I feel knackered, bro. <laughs> I feel tired. Yeah, because obviously <laughs> you must have been gigging pretty regularly for like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot, a lot of years, bro. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of graft, but you know, we're still here. We're still hanging in there. Yeah, yeah, still here. Still I guess about, it's, a, it's a very volatile um, yeah. career, isn't it? So yeah. you just got to be grateful for, yeah, for every day and that. Um, mm. So yeah, you'd say... Uh, obviously Sheridan's was your first like big show yeah definitely because um I remember watching you on a BBC documentary oh, god was it that look north oh, <laughs> they came god. around your house <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> there's a video where they came around your house isn't it yeah well that's... it's good though because obviously I, f I found you that's and, what and, it was like, Annie Mack and Nick Grimshaw weren't it I actually used to listen to your songs back in I don't know when but like obviously like I said being from London I wasn't I was aware of Baseline and there was no scene but um I obviously heard like all night long yeah. well I saw the video on YouTube yeah. and um, also oh what's your shout oh what's your shout wow. <laughs> I don't know why I, I like yeah I heard that song as well the so. electro, electro vibe one. yeah yeah that was a bit different wasn't yeah, it that wasn't really that was like bassline sound yeah that was kind of the time when like bassline was tailing off so you were like, thinking yeah. what's next because like, yeah, yeah. you obviously you still had the MCs on it which was quite similar but yeah um, yeah, yeah. I mean that sort of twenty ten eleven electro sounds. Like, yeah, it's funny to look back on, isn't it? Like, but it's just like it's not a million miles off what we do now. It's not really. a million miles. I mean, it's all cycles, literally yeah. all cycles. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, when you sort of saw, you know, everything comes in trends, doesn't it? You know, yeah. and like, you know, what like year or time was it that you sort of saw the senior in sort of tailoring off as yeah like as i such. say it was 2010 2011 it felt like all avenues had been exhausted it what do you think the reason for this was for or do you just think it was just literally a natural process it, of in my trend? opinion in my opinion i think there's two reasons for it i think the quality started to to dip down the quality in, yeah in terms of producers really the, yeah the music so the, released. so the quality actually got worse throughout time quality, you would have assumed it would have got it got Better. worse. It got worse. It was oversaturated. People weren't taking time with the the mix downs and you know the choice of sounds. They were just literally putting anything together and just throwing it out to try and get you know 
a quick bit of buzz and obviously that's never going to be beneficial yeah. for a scene and that coupled with throwaways shutting down you, yeah. yeah and that coupled with shutting down the police shutting down so many venues kind of you the know pressure yeah yeah that was, that was would it. you would you say because obviously sometimes what you hear is that the police was like the main reason but would you say that was the main reason or would you say it was sort of dying anyway it's a tricky one. I think they went hand in hand, to be honest. Ah, yeah, kind of, kind of on the same time. So as the quality went like down. beating it down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It had no chance. It looks left, the police were there. It looks right, mm. bad music was there. So it yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's fizzled out. That's um, fair enough. Like, yeah, 2010, and, um, 2011. Obviously, that was still quite a... I'd say it was still a regional sound. Like, did you did you play any shows down south when you had the old school? Was it all still like North and Midlands? It was North and Midlands. I remember doing a gig in Westbury, which I think is somewhere near Bristol. Okay. Um, yeah, that was probably as far down as it went. I never did any like a because it was, it was very regional, like you know. Like, and yeah, similar. All the MCs were Northern or Midlands, you know, and they there was a lot of like slang. So yeah, maybe I feel like that's why it was harder for. Other areas yeah. to sort of tap into that. Yeah, I mean, the majority of, of raves were definitely Leeds, Sheffield, you know, those kind of, yeah. kind of areas, I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, and I guess, obviously, the good thing about what we do now is it's it's not regional, it's like worldwide. Obviously, there's certain areas which are more yeah. popping, but yeah. overall, it's like. But I, I think that's largely down to, you know, the changing dynamics as well. It's not necessarily, you know, just the. Uh, police kind of thing it sounds different so it's, it's traveling to, mm. to places where that, that, the that is true obviously in. and like i said that sound is very regional whereas this you know the sound now is very adaptable yeah. anywhere in the world really yeah like, and i think people sort of sort of cotton on to that so mm. you got the freedom to go anywhere like i've always i've always just found it a bit mad that you can literally like do stuff on your laptop and it will get you like around the world you it's know? madness <laughs> literally when laptop and headphones like yeah yeah it's scary stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um, stuff. so someone on my someone on my thread asked will you ever release any old school tracks again like you used to or do you think you think you're past that now? <clears throat> Never do like a capsule, like just like, like chuck them out, or yeah, like an archive like, kind of thing. Yeah, or do you think that's not really um, your direction right now? Right at the moment, with do you, do you have a lot of unreleased ones? Yeah, I've got like hard drives full of like unreleased. Just make tunes and sit them. Yeah, 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 like hundreds and hundreds. Mm. Like literally, because I know a few like a couple of old school producers like Swifter Beater and like and um, a couple of others like Panther. They've uh, recent well in the past couple of years they've just sort of like released you know like collections of like 50 tracks like. yeah i mean yeah in my opinion right now if you want to listen to the old stuff all the old stuff's online you yeah. know there's no real reason for me to like go back into back into all the old stuff and put it out now because it's first of all i'm not really playing it in in the sets i'm doing now and second yeah, no. of all you know the maybe maybe changed. the extended ones like you did you did one in birmingham didn't you yeah yeah like if it's an extended did you, did you play much old set? school you did a three hour set didn't you yeah so i did a three hour set i started off like really old school like um you know early 90s kind of time and then went all the way to like now which include like the 2007 to 2000 what sort of 90s music stuff. were you playing like because obviously I'm, am I right in saying Speed Garage went into sort of the early baseline sound? Yeah, yeah. So, so was, was it before Speed Garage, like kind of stuff? Or yeah, I was playing like yeah. tunes like Rip Groove. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, like Hyper, Hype the yeah. Funk. You know, some Big Ant stuff was in there. Yeah, um, yeah, I was loving it because that's kind of the stuff that when I was like a young, young, young boy, like, I used to listen to like all the tapes and packs and stuff. So yeah, felt good to be able to yeah, play. Yeah, so definitely. I wouldn't really get to play them anywhere else. So. Yeah, it must have been um, must have been a good opportunity. I played a three-hour set in London. That's the only one I've ever done, and 
I thought it was really cool to play stuff you don't usually play, you know, because obviously love what we play, but it's, it's you know, it's good to get out of that. And uh, and with the, the length of it, you have a good chance to, like, roll through a few different genres, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, you can't really, you know, play a shell out set for three hours. You can't have the crowd going, like, mad for three nah, hours. Nah, nah, it's all about the, the build and the suspense yeah, and, like, and shit journey. like that, you know, so, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, yeah. It was sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, no, same. I really enjoyed mine as well. Like, um, what what sort of stuff did you play? Literally, like, everything. Yeah, so, like I said, I went through the whole kind of spectrum. So I kind of started early 90s, then into, you know... Some of like the 2015 to 2017 baseline kind of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. your notions, and my favorite. <laughs> you have Chinatowns, yeah. you know, I was bouncing. And then, sick, yeah. Yeah, then from then on, I went into like my normal set and then obviously into like some D&B and, and whatnot to kind of end it. So, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, proper, yeah, proper yeah. Fun. And do, do you think the crowd was responsive to everything? Yeah, like even yeah. the early, early stuff. I, I saw know, some it's people. Always, like, always a good, always, I find it's always good in Birmingham, to be fair. It's always a good, good crowd. Good loved show, it yeah. from the start. And because, like, you play from, like, open to, to almost close, you get to, like, really take them on a journey. And, you know, yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, oh, really sick. sick. Yeah, mm. yeah. Do you reckon you'd do any more then? Or was that kind of. Yeah, 100%. Well, keep it special. <laughs> I'm not going to do it every week, but. You know, yeah. If it pops up, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, yeah, get yeah. that done. Yeah. Oh, sick, mate. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, hopefully you can expect some more TS7. <laughs> must have been, must have felt good to play some of your old, old school tunes as well. Like, yeah. Did you drop many? I dropped a few, but because they're like one three seven to one forty, I don't really play that tempo, so it's almost from yeah. there into D and B. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I really it's, a, it's it. a bit faster, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to, um, just to go back a little bit. Obviously, you. Uh, you first got into it with uh, with Fruity Loops and the um, the mm -hmm. people you were hanging around with. Yeah, was this this was sort of around the time you were in school? Yeah. yeah, so I was like, I'd say fourteen. So I was like, yeah, yeah. No, probably before that. Actually, I don't even know how old I was, but I was definitely in school, I was yeah. a young kid. Someone asked, "What was school like? Did you enjoy or hate it?" Um, <clears throat> to be honest, it was a bit of a catch twenty two because I was a clever kid, but I just used to be. a you know. Yeah, I can I can tell you're quite uh, intelligent. Like, you know. Of course I'm intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm in a good way. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to kid it. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy school to be honest. Um Yeah. You know, but as any like young boy, you just want to be out having fun. You're finding your feet as well, yeah. innit? And I, I used to love football as well. I used to play for Hull City and Bradford City, so. Really? Yeah, football was like. You played football for Hull City? Yeah, yeah, as a youth, yeah. And then when that kind Till of. Till what age? Off, yeah, so, so like, when that kind of kind of, when that started to tail off. Why, why did that tail off? I wasn't good enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest about it. <laughs> I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, when it started to tail off, that's when I started to take music seriously. Mm. So, yeah, it's been mm. a Yeah, bit, bit yeah. Of a what age was that? Um, I'd say between like 13 and, and 16. Ah, okay, cool. Because obviously someone else asked what your profession was beforehand, but I guess you were too young for that, really. You were just like at school, straight from what, school playing football music. and then just like sort yeah. of messing around with Fruity Loops as well. Yeah, so life's gone football to music, no in between. That's yeah. it. I won't even get paid for football. It's mm. <laughs> just. Yeah yeah, music, yeah, yeah. Well, at least like you've kind of always been doing something, mm, yeah, something man. that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, like, what what do you sort of see yourself doing in like ten, ten years, twenty years? Um, hopefully, you know, my music will have had an impact to the stage where you know I've had some some form of global success. I know that sounds really 
ambitious, but you know, you, I think you've got to never be. too ambitious. Yeah, you've got to be. You know, we're, we're in this to try. Fuck and, it, you yeah, got to go for the big time to try and get as as big as possible. And then from There's no that, reason why you can't, you know. Yeah, then from that, I'd like to go into maybe management or agency or you know, possibly start up my own record label and be signing people as an A and R or a label boss. Something there will be something in the music industry after all, you know. Yeah, the experiences and lessons. Yeah, kind of obviously with the connections you've got now, it must be. You know, you got your. I wouldn't say set for life, but you you got all the, the yeah, connections I've, I've you got, need. I've, I've got a great team around me. So and your, your manager, Jack, Jack and shout Sean, out Jack, yeah. <laughs> big up Jack, the yeah. warlord, my bro. <laughs> so so Jack Duckworth, who is uh, TS7's manager, yeah. he funnily enough booked me for my first ever Skepsis set, which was uh, about four years ago <laughs> in London at XOYO. I think it was 2015. Small and um, Jack used to run a company called Murky Records and uh, I was only in my f first year of uni and he emailed me saying he was interested in my tracks and obviously to me at this time that was just like mind-blowing I was like whoa someone's actually like interested because I was just like you know back when SoundCloud was more popping I was just like yeah. uploading stuff there and just like they were getting decent numbers mm -hmm. and like to get some actual real life contact and turn it into a physical show like it was a bit of a mad experience i guess it was kind of the same for you back with sheridan's yeah that's it yeah yeah, yeah. so shout out jack i mean we, he's obviously in a different path both in the music industry but uh it's good to see him shining he's doing well. big yeah. up mr Duckworth. <laughs> come a long way from murky records come on g <laughs> yeah so um obviously you you got into your your radio show how did you get into that and how did you find that because obviously kiss is pretty reputable <laughs> yeah so like i said i got in through that through heartlight getting played on kiss and that's and, and that was a heartlight was a house record you yeah, made was a house it? record yeah and that's when kiss fresh was starting up and i was one of the first djs to actually get a show on there so at the time i didn't really have much else going on so i was like yeah definitely you know bit mm. the hand off yeah and I was anything on there for at a few that point years. Yeah. yeah literally um so yeah i was doing that for like three or four years and then it was i'd say 2000 and 17 where it wasn't really for me um i really wanted to you know get yeah. my teeth into this new wave of i, of bet, it was, I bet it was happy days for you seeing like a heavy sound coming back around oh, like mate, it was lovely <laughs> and the thing is i was so late on it like the yeah i was gonna say you, 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 ahead of me. you were you were like a couple of years late which is weird because mm. obviously you were kind of there you, you were still alone in the music scene did you just not notice it earlier or you didn't really get involved or you were just happy where you were because when you're on a radio show you're kind of like immersed into that kind of not crossover world but records where like your jacks jones and your you know that more kind of vibe yeah, yeah more yeah. commercial kind of stuff because you, you were on kiss kiss fresh wasn't it kiss yeah, fresh yeah, yeah. yeah and i did cover, weekly was yeah, it yeah yeah i covered these at so that must have that must have um weekly that must have been quite a time-consuming thing like really yeah was uh, that your full-time occupation at one point well, or was it, like, it, it wasn't things? it wasn't a full-time occupation it was a, it was something that you know kind of brought an income but it wasn't the full occupation it took a lot of time you know going through songs each week and having yeah. to record did, did you did you individually pick what you were going to play because obviously i know a lot of shows they have people who Play pick what stuff. the dj will play and then yeah not no I, I i picked all my songs and i had to go to london from leeds every week to oh. record it for an hour so you couldn't record it at home no, well sometimes i did but most of the time they wanted it to be recorded in the studio so oh, at that time i was doing whatever i could to keep my name bubbling yeah yeah so you, know, you really fit in the graph but in there, the graph like, and the wages weren't great by the time i'd got to london and you know eaten train everyone trains, knows how expensive trains, trains london is expensive. yeah <laughs> by the time all that i'd done 
There was nothing left. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it was, it was just keeping your name out there, really. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, how long did you do that for? Yeah, like I said, I was doing that for about four years. And yeah. then, you know, just decided I wanted to stick my teeth into what was going on mm. on the underground and where my real you know, heart was, yeah. was into like, it. Like I said to you, I used to send you music for that. So I remember that was sort of, what well, you must have finished it like 2016, 17. Yeah. Where, around the time you were getting back into like, yeah. producing properly. And that's when I made Teardrops, I think it was. I think Teardrops was, it was a key record for me because I think that was one that kind of opened up my new Sonics and where I could kind of hear my sound going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Teardrops is a song that I kind of, you know, hold hold close to to yeah. you know my heart so would you say so you'd say teardrops because i used to play that in my sets mm-hmm. um was your sort of your your first new sound uh like tune well that like big one I, yeah i did a bootleg of hotter than hell which was cool i remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. it did numbers but and you did a um you, well, obviously you did a lot of edits yeah um there was another one i'm not going to sing it but which one? You know that song that went viral? It was like, at night, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah you did that. Um, well, was yeah. it? Um, that was a bit more commercial. I could not remember the name of it. Oh, what's it called now? Is Shout out my singing. My, is it My Boo? <laughs> yeah, My Boo. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the Ghost Town DJs? Yeah, yeah, because that yeah, came up. That was like a little meme trend for a yeah. little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ghost Train DJs, My Boo or something. Yeah. Yeah. Of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so right at that time, it was just doing edits because that's what, you know, that's what DJs are going to play most of the time in terms of tools and in terms of, you know, vocals and top lines that people kind of recognise. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of... What yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it. obviously, like you said, Teardrops was like your first your first sort of tune that was getting circulated in the bass scene, was it? Or? I'd say it was the first tune. So that was like 2017, right? Or? Early 2017, yeah. yeah. That's the first tune, in my opinion, that sonically fit to what was going on. And that's when I kind of adjusted the Sonics from what was going on back in 2007 to the Sonics that were going on in 2017 mm. and they were massively different. Was it was it hard for you to adapt it was, from yeah. the old sound to the new sound? It was very hard. Because obviously for me coming in, I'm not in the old sound, so I can just start fresh. But you obviously, you must have been set in your ways, you know, like of the old sound, you knew how to produce it. And yeah. was it, what was the adaptation like? To be honest, I didn't know how to produce it. Teardrops was probably like, I'd say the 15th or 20th attempt at trying to get really? the Sonics correct. Yeah. That's, that's like, for instance, when I try and make drum and bass, I just, I just can't get it popping like the drum and bass producers can. That's you know it. that you just have to have that knack. You can't, you can tell when someone's like, just really trying to do that. it for the sake. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in my opinion, the new sound is a whole different genre to the one from 2007 in terms mm-hmm. of the drum selection, in terms of the sonics, in terms of the arrangement. In I mean, terms I mean, of everything. It's even totally the BPM different. is slower, isn't it? It's and slower. I mean, the only the only comparison or similarity I should have said is that it's four by four. That's it. Like four by four drums. And how many genres have four by four drums? <laughs> that's, that's why when people say to me, "Oh." That's not baseline. It's not meant to be baseline. You can call it what you like. It's just what is happening mm. right now. You know. What I mean, mean? I, yeah. I always, I always say to people, like, I, I, I don't call this new sound baseline because mm. it's not like it's not. I, it's, I just call it bass music. You know, like you don't. I feel like this new sound. It has elements of everything. It, it does have elements of the old school baseline sound. It has elements of grime, garage house, yeah. like dubstep, everything really. Mm-hmm. You know, like and it's kind of just a melting pot of all that. Like exactly, and like the new sound, it can kind of fit into a like you said dubstep set. 
a DMB set. You see a lot of lineups with DMB DJs mm. and you know some dubstep DJs. Back in the day, it was literally mm. you're playing a bassline set, and it used to be like twenty five bassline DJs. Yeah, across the thing, there was nothing. It couldn't mix with anything else. And I mean, I mean, like um, obviously, it's kind of a global sound, but in America, they have bass house, which is. Well, I say America, it's actually worldwide, but there's also a, a bass house genre, you know, which mm. is further away from baseline. I'd say it's a little bit slower and it's a bit a bit more housey, as the name suggests. Um, yeah, yeah. There is also a more sort of American version as well, you mm. know, like um, people like Jaws, Joyride, Ghastly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, that, it's a very similar sound everywhere, but I feel like just need to make more of a bridge to connect the, the connect sounds, the you know. Yeah, but like I say, all those guys are kind of playing a lot of, you know, our kind of stuff in the UK mm. kind of sounding stuff. So it's not that dissimilar. Yeah, that's like, one of the reasons why it's got to the stage. Obviously, the people time. I mentioned want to shout out Jaws because he took me and Holy Goof on tour and he plays, he loves the UK. So like, he loves the UK mm. culture and the sound. He plays a lot of it in his sets. Um, also, you know, Joyride is, uh, he's actually British as well. So I'm sure he knows what's. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's this sort of worldwide thing where. It's the same sort of heavy four by four sound, just in a lot of different regions, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I, I mean, there's this whole controversy about new school, old school. Like, I mean, I don't really think they're comparable, you know. I'm sure they're you've got comparable. to like, <laughs> my, say about this. <laughs> in my opinion, everyone's like, oh, you know, this is not baseline. Why do you make old school baseline? All the old school baselines on YouTube. If you want to listen to old school baseline, it's all there. It's like now. There's old school garage there. People say, don't say, oh, we need old school garage back. If you're an old school garage, the old school garage is online. Genres aren't going to progress if you keep going back in time. That's you know? very true. And in oh, fact, I actually see in the garage scene, people want to see more new stuff. Exactly. They, they, they like, they're, they're kind of tired of the old school, you know, same I, tunes. Like, I mean, that's obviously a different a different genre. But um, I think people live in the nostalgia factor as well, you mm -hmm. know. And nostalgia does not, push genres forward no nostalgia it yeah it, it stagnates it. I, mean, I mean i mean i mean to some extent it's it's fine like and it's mm. healthy you know and um i feel like it's it's calm to like enjoy that old sound but to sort of i don't know when the sort of i know you probably you said you get like a lot you know some negative messages and and stuff from yeah. old school old school people that mm -hmm. you know aren't happy with what you're doing or they might be just jealous or yeah you know. I, don't, I don't know where it is i get a lot of you know messages saying oh yeah your sound's changed it's meant to change it's, mm. it's 2020 now it's Adapt not to be extinct <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah um i mean i watched um i watched an interview on youtube not too long ago and it said um the strong don't survive the adaptable doing i think that that statement you know kind of covers all sectors, whether that's clothing, whether that's music, whether that's the food industry, you've got to be able to look around and kind of see what's working, in my opinion. Because if you get stuck in your ways and, you know, turn a blind eye to what's going on, you're just going to get, you know, yeah. kind of lost in the moment. Because if you're, if you're adaptable, you can survive in any environment, really. That's it. And, like, obviously, I think, like, there's, there's been a few, you know, like old school DJs um, adapting to the new market, you know, but I've, I'd say you've done it probably really well, you know, like... I appreciate um, that, man. Thank yeah, you. yeah. So that that's obviously why you've you've had the success you have because you sort of, you haven't sort of sat there and cried about what used to be, you know, like you appreciate it, but at the same time you want to, you know, um, move forward. Push and, forward, and, yeah. I mean, like the people that used to listen to me 10 years ago probably, you know, moved on to something else. A lot of the... 
supporters that are listening to the stuff I'm I'm making now, I'm kind of like brand new to them, which you know I'm grateful for. And, yeah, you know, you treat them as as it's new supporters. two completely separate two, markets. That's what I mean. It's a whole different. And I mean, thing. like obviously, if people want to, if people want to listen to old school, there's still like loads of old school raves on. You know, like they had that takeover on one extra the other day. Like there's there's people making old school. There's still the old stuff, like you said on YouTube. Like yeah. I don't think people should be mad at you for doing what you want to do and also your career path you know if you were still making old school you'd sort of you know you'd still probably still be in the same place but now mm. because of what you're doing you're playing to all these thousands of people yeah exactly you're, so you're you know I don't, I don't really i don't really watch too much yeah i guess this is just a case of just yeah, do do you and fuck do, everyone else yeah, <laughs> as soon as, in my opinion as soon as she starts kind of like taking into account what everybody's saying about you and you know everyone's opinion you can't please everybody and that's that's something i learned you know yeah a long time ago yeah you, know, you really can't you please do. everyone can you? <laughs> exactly especially in this game Mate. <laughs> you literally have to do it for yourself it's a losing battle yeah yeah exactly. and like i think as an artist like you obviously as as you do gain popularity you there's naturally going to be more like you know like negative hater messages and shit you know like yeah. um I, to be honest, used to struggle with it. Like I used to, when I used to read like, you know, like bad tweets about me or stuff, I'd like, it would really get to me. But like, I'm happy to say that now, like I don't really care. Like, and yeah. that that was just a natural sort of progression. Like it, at one point it was getting a bit much for me. And there is a lot of pressure being a producer, you know, in a, in this industry. But I feel like you well, just got, you know, the funny first thing of all, don't take it personal. Yeah, the <laughs> thing is, yeah, the people that are sending negative things to you online, you'll go through the media and they'll, be, they'll have tweeted like, oh my God, I saw Skepsis last week and it was unbelievable. <laughs> then next week they'll be tweeting, oh, Skepsis is shit, F off, fuck off, you cunt, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, eh? You know yeah. what I mean? I know, I know. It's just... It's, they want a reaction. So it's, sometimes, just, it's just a bit immature yeah. as well, really. But like, um, I did, the one funny example I always remember is there was uh, there was this girl and um, she she must have wrote like three or four like negative tweets about me. Not, not like back to back, but just I just remembered her name and then... Yeah. Um, I went on her profile just out of interest, and um, I saw that she was she was tweeting about our oh, mental health and like how can you do this and that to people. I'm just like yeah. it's a bit hypocritical, really. Like it's madness. I think maybe you forget that us as artists are like actual people as well. Like that see things exactly. online. Like yeah. mm. sometimes I will, you know, I read things online, maybe about other people, and I just feel a bit sorry for them. And I think being in this career kind of helped me to sympathise more. You know, like when a celebrity comes under fire, I'm like. Fucking hell, if I can't take a bit of criticism on Twitter, how are they feeling? You know, like getting fucking nationwide, like, yeah. stick, you know? It must be really, like... Footballers, well, imagine that yeah. one bad game and everyone's at your neck. It's, it's, even, like, yeah, like, especially for, like, Raheem Sterling, like, you can't exactly. even go out, can you? And, like, the media are onto him, like... I don't know, man, but it's... It's, it's, there's it's the a positives and the negatives of the, you know, entertainment industry, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all... There's, yeah. yeah, I mean... I don't know, I've, I've found that recently had like less you know like hateful tweets or whatever but the, i to be fair i used to search my name on twitter more i don't really do it as much now yeah um, i think once people realize that they're not getting a reaction they, they get bored and they move on to yeah. something else or, yeah so. speaking of the negatives like have you had any major setbacks in your career of any kind so many setbacks there's so many setbacks. any that come to mind like as, as like almost career ending or yeah, so many setbacks. Um, you know, if you put your all into a track, um, something that you feel like you're really excited about and you take it to a DJ 
and you know you don't get an email reply or you don't see them play it can be you know very disheartening it can be very yeah. you know soul crushing and you start to question if you're good enough and that used to happen like on a weekly basis especially you know when i, I think now like yeah i think like obviously is is soul crushing like you said as a, as a producer um i've sort of experienced that as well but um obviously as you get you know as you get more popular and you get more emails, you realise that like sometimes you don't actually have time to go through everything. You know, it's not like a personal yeah. thing, I guess. So you can kind of see both sides of it exactly. now. Like, yeah. <laughs> For example, if someone sends me a promo, I may not reply to them directly, but I yeah. might still play the song. Yeah, yeah. You usually like. Obviously, I'm not being rude, but like I, I because some when I do go through my promos, I usually do it before a show. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through like maybe like twenty or thirty, and then. I won't really have time to reply to all of them, yeah. but I will still play, you know, some of them. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. So, yeah, that, that that's one thing, um, rejection. Um, I think that kind of happens to to every up-and-coming, you know, producer or DJ. You have yeah, you to gotta face go some kind it. of rejection and some kind of, you know, questioning if you're good enough. So any, if I had advice to give to anyone out there is don't be disheartened if you kind of, you know, get people turning their nose up at you or they're not playing your stuff instantly just keep going i see it as football if you keep shooting you're kind of going to score eventually you know you may miss the target 20 times all you need is that one top corner shot exactly what's that quote it's like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't Don't take take. exactly so like it doesn't matter if you have a lot of misses as long as you get that one hit that one hit exactly and i think every producer has an entry point you know i'm sure yourself you'd say what your entry point was maybe you know goes like yeah yeah i think like but yeah, obviously go goes like in my hypnotical cool remix. remix I, yeah. <laughs> they came out like a month and a half after space. each other. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Like, but yeah, really goes like was sort of my 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 big first. Uh, and the thing is, I'm sure hit. before like you you had a few more that didn't connect, and I'm sure you yeah. kind of questioned, oh, is this good enough? Is this gonna get there? And like I said, all you can do is kind of like keep going because mm. you never know where where that next song is gonna kind of arrive, and you can't force it either. I th- I think like. With music production as well, like you, you, years go on and you spend more time in the studio, and you're just naturally going to improve your abilities. You know, like yeah. um, I look back on my tracks from maybe from like three, four years ago, I'm just like, oh dear, like these things sound <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like I say, it's, it's you know everything happens in good time as long as you you know just put your mind to it and keep keep believing, even when that belief may be you know thin thread. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you can't ever give up, you know. That's it, yeah. Yeah, so obviously speaking of everything coming in good time, you you signed for Crewcast, um, was it end of 2018? Yeah, big up the big man last (laughs) year, getting me involved. So, yeah, how did that come about? Yeah, so basically... um, there was an opening there and obviously yeah because uh, no, notion just uh yeah notion, shout out notion big up notion yeah he just left, notion left yeah um so that's kind of when i got my first opportunity actually the first opportunity was at kendall calling do you remember that gig yeah so so oh yeah because you played that one i remember yeah yeah, yeah. that was the first i didn't know you as well but i remember i was chilling with you for a bit there that was yeah like summer 2018 yeah was it yeah some yeah yeah, yeah, early, it was July, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So that was the first gig. And then from then, I did the first proper show when you guys did the winter tour in Newcastle, which was a messy night. <laughs> Very messy night. What time do we get in that morning? <laughs> don't want to go into that one too much. <laughs> we made night. sure TS7's first crew cast night was a memorable one. Yeah, window as well. Yeah, <laughs> window so, went missing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a mad Yeah, one. that was a good night, that was. Um, but, but, yeah. But yeah, from there, kind of, you know, did that tour it was amazing and you know i've had the opportunity to play to to big crowds and a platform to showcase what i'm up to and that's kind of you know coincided with the with the records i've been making and everything's kind of you know worked out really well i'm really grateful for you know for yeah the opportunity and yeah i think i think the crew cast label fits you very well mm -hmm. um like obviously i spoke about you know like negativity in the past like do you do you think joining up with Crewcast created a lot of negativity from like the old the old school scene and stuff? Yeah, um, a lot of people like they don't want to see you kind of move on to other things. Like it's almost like people think they're entitled. They want you to do or, well, but yeah, not too well. <laughs> exactly. The, the, That's what I found a lot of. Yeah, they're entitled or want to kind of you know dictate what you do with your career. And like I said earlier on in the you know in the talk you have to do what's right for you and don't watch what other people say and don't watch what other people do um people are saying oh why are you doing this why are you you know i just want to do what i want to yeah. do it's up to me do you know what i mean and if you're making yourself happy then why do you care like exactly I'm sure certain people are just you know just jealous really yeah like, i don't know if it's jealousy i don't know if it's because they're having their own issues but in terms of in terms There's of definitely I'm, some own issues there as well. Yeah, probably. In terms of what I'm doing, I don't really watch anyone else. I just try and, you know, keep my eyes on the on the prize and, you know, take every opportunity that feels right and that's going to help progress me in my career. And yeah. So far, that's been going well, man. Definitely. Yeah. And so, obviously, there's this new school and this old school hmm. bass music. Um, what is your... This is a question I've been asked. What's your opinion sort of on the, the divide, you know, like... A lot of old school fans hating on the new school and like they're not really hand in hand are they you know i think i think what that comes down to is the fact that they're not really similar so yeah it's maybe that, when people start saying they're similar like it's that and i think people like to diss what's popular if you know what i mean yeah in anything <laughs> anything when something gets too popular it becomes a negative for example I've got a track called Real Rave that's going on TikTok and sometimes I check the comments. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> and it's like, TikTok has ruined Real Rave because it's becoming a little bit popular. Yeah. I'm like, how is something popular ruining it? So people like to create a, a conception in their head that I'm cool if I don't like something that everybody else likes because I'm like in a little exclusive club. So say for example tomorrow, old school baseline, if you want to call it that, blew up and became massive. Some people are like, oh, I don't like old school baseline. Why is it big? I want this little kind of thing. You know what I mean? That would undoubtedly happen. It will. <laughs> this is it's exactly what I'm saying. And, and I mean, you know what? You're saying that, but to, to some extent, I do kind of understand the whole underground thing because I, I mean, me personally, I've sometimes listened to underground rappers, MCs, and then they've got a bit more popular and I've kind of lost interest. I don't know. I just, I think it's a natural thing. But at the same time, I think people who hate on stuff, which is popular is like, it's just kind of a cool thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, and really... I, I just don't really watch it in terms of divide. I feel like, like I said earlier on, 
the all music sorry the all music is there if you want to listen to the old music the new music is there if you want to listen to the new music it doesn't have to be one or the other everyone's yeah. entitled to listen to whatever they want to exactly listen to. it's two different scenes and two different fan bases yeah you know? so i see people talking about old school and new school I, i've been around in both times and i don't really speak too much but on you know you know what i find a bit know what mad. talking about i find a bit mad it's like the only people I see like talking about this is like the, the the new school fans don't care about the old school. Like a lot of them don't really know, but like it's, mm. it's only really the sort of sour like some of the sour like old school people who like <laughs> care. They're like this, that, and other. Well, like no one's making that comparison except you. That's, like, that's it. No one's making it. And... No, we're not looking back. Like oh mm. fuck, old school baseline. Like, exactly. I, like, I respect it. Like I rate it, bro. That's what's made my career. You know, that's what style. That's what. Got and me I to think at the same the time, people should respect that you were involved in that scene and you have those tunes in the first place you they forget know? it they forget yeah. that you know I was someone that kind of was there at the very start of all you were that the, kind of kind stuff. of the foundations of that scene right the, the darker well. kind yeah. of side yeah I was yeah one of the yeah. starting guys yeah so yeah. Um, I just feel like you know people just like to mourn and I'm just, you can't be fucking <laughs> some people negative yeah it's just anything yeah. like you know it's whatever but um, yeah. you just you just spoke about um, the real raver TikTok thing mm. So um, explain to me a bit more about that for those that don't know. Yeah, so Real River, if you don't know, it's a tune that I made. I made that in November 2017 with Slick Don. Um, yeah, we put that out in March 2018. And, you know, a year and a half later, someone messaged me on, on Instagram saying, you're trending on TikTok. I didn't even know what TikTok was. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting old, gee. It's, it's really popular with the, the sort of younger yeah, kids. Yeah, so I was like, what does that mean? He said, there's been like 40,000 videos posted in the last day of Real Rave. I said, Whoa. what? So I went 40,000 in a day? In a day of like different, or 30,000, some some mad figure anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I looked on there. And do you know what? It's trending. Just, just quickly interrupting you. I've, I've had a look on TikTok and it's crazy the numbers some of these videos get like you'll just be scrolling down it's like a video with one mil likes a video with seven hundred thousand yeah. likes two mil like and it's these madness. are just literally these are literally just videos kids have chucked together at home like mm -hmm. kind of, do you remember vine yeah it's kind of like it. it's kind of like a longer version of vine i miss vine but <laughs> yeah even even my manager's been telling me that a lot of record labels are kind of looking to tiktok to see what to sign because it's that influential yeah. in you know getting a spike in it's, it's, Spotify. It's and where it's Apple where the music. kids are, and you've always got to mm. look at where the youth are at. You know, this is why it's sort of moved from Spotify. Sorry, from SoundCloud to Spotify, yeah. and then even to TikTok. Like, there's a your track's big on there. I know there's a track by um, you know the drum and bass MCs Azur and Grimer. Oh, anyway, popping off there's there, one like. that's like viral on there of their tracks as well. Yeah. Um, so like like I said, that those are the, <coughs> the future Sorry. ravers and the future you know, consumers. So they they have a say in what. So, so you don't pop. you don't actually know the the core the the initial cause of how this rebooted somebody the, the like, one video well, or like <laughs> how it happened. I went on there and someone had like uploaded their own version of it because like it was called original sound something. So I would like manage uh, email my manager. I was like. Jack, we need to get the, the title of that track changed. Oh, River's didn't going name viral. You properly. Yeah. The good thing about TikTok is it does credit the song. And yeah, that's it, what that's I mean. been instrumental in helping yeah, you. Hasn't yeah, it, it? No, that's what I mean. It didn't credit it at first. Oh, so we had to get in touch with TikTok. ASAP. Yes, I was like, Jack, get me get that. Into ASAP. And get that title changed <laughs> to Real Raver TS7 and Slick Don. So we managed to get that. And then from then, like, it's Thank gone. Fuck for that. Yeah, I know. It's mad. <laughs> Imagine if it was still going around now, you'd be fucking. Gee, I'd have been fucking fuming, kid. So, yeah, from then on, it started you know doing really good numbers on spotify and we've got um 
something exciting dropping soon regarding that. I won't say too much. Yet, hey, yeah. dropping keep, them hints. I was going to ask you at the end, you know. But yeah, got there already. Keep your eyes off. New music, that. new music day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Real Rave has been a, yeah. it's been a good one. And, man. and it's 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 still going strong, isn't it? You're, you're, I mean, ever since the the rebirth of as such, it was still you know a tune, a good you tune, are, but the, played, you know, yeah. it it's not really gone down in views much has it nah, every day listens it's, it's still flowing it's getting a yeah. lot of spotify listens isn't it yeah i think it's on like four million something and i mean you never you never could have expected that you know because like yeah. you, you with a track you release it you get the initial buzz and then it kind it's of kind tails, of off, tails off yeah but this one it's kind of like had a buzz tailed off and now it's having a bigger buzz than yeah. when it first released which and, and that's something mad. that you can't you can't predict you can't like predict at all it, yeah so i mean that's yeah, very like, rare actually to be fair yeah so yeah. i'm really pleased with it man let's, let's see what happens i've got a lot you, of music have you noticed your your fan base growing off that yeah i think <clears throat> the best way to grow as an artist is to expose yourself to people that don't necessarily listen to you <clears throat> that's what like things like radio one do really well you'll hear a song and you will have a clue who it is but you've been introduced to it through the song being playlisted yeah. and that's kind of what Real Ravers done. Even like the, in cars nowadays it says what song's playing, isn't it? Exactly, so that's exactly what Real Ravers done on TikTok. You may be scrolling through and you've seen a silly video that's got 200,000 likes. You'd be like, oh, what's this song? You don't necessarily listen to bass that's music. That's crazy or exposure. Yeah. Like crazy. So that's kind I bet of, all the comments on YouTube are about TikTok, aren't they? Yeah, literally. Who's here from TikTok? How many views it on on YouTube uh, now? It'll be probably past a million. I've not looked for a while. Yeah. It will be past a million on YouTube as well. That yeah, is so mad, yeah. And it, has it had much radio coverage or not? Um, I'm not even sure in terms of radio. Um, I'm hoping to like, you know... Hopefully, get the attention of a few. few Should tweet Mr. Pages. Jammer. Yeah, that's, I what, that's what Bruce yeah, did. Yeah, he, he <laughs> tweeted well, yeah. him till he got his attention. Yeah. Um, Good luck, I'm, Josh. I'm not, I'm not too bothered by it, you know. If if the tune connects on a radio kind of, you know, global level like that, then I'll take it. If not, then you know, on to the the next one. Just yeah. really grateful for it, you know. Yeah. Getting another chance. Yeah. Um, getting a buzz, man. Yeah. Mm. Like speaking about obviously the online stuff. Do you you think like having an online presence? Well, we know that's important nowadays, but um, yeah. one question I had is, um, is having an online or social media presence just as or more important than the music? I wouldn't say it's as important as the music. In my opinion, music is the most important thing, like the most important aspects. Forget about your marketing, forget about your promo plans. If yeah, the music is have, not right... You've got to have some level of yeah, tunes. And <laughs> it's not banging, you've got nothing, in my opinion. Mm. So... Social media is important, you know. It's it, kind of like an extend extension, a way to show off your tunes. Exactly. But you, but but let's not deny, obviously, that you have to have a good social media game. Yeah. You know, let, let, let me let me put it this way: if you're building a house, you'll you'll build the bricks first or whatever. I'm not a builder, but I'm just saying you'll build the bricks. <laughs> that is the music. Then the you know the paintings and the decorations and the Constructing fancy stuff, bass yeah. lines and houses. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. is that is the social media size in my opinion. So if you're in a good place, the foundation starts with the music, yeah. and then everything else is yeah. after that. But social media, yeah, is really important. In terms it of is very important because like videos and whatnot is it is a shame because I see certain very talented producers who perhaps aren't on a level they should be just because they you know they haven't gone on their socials as much and. Yeah. Uh, it's not saying everyone has to go on their socials, but I know that's the reason why they're not at maybe a level they should be at. But yeah, there's I mean, lots I, of talented producers. I think a, a good analogy, like obviously you just did an analogy, <laughs> but a good analogy 
is kind of like if you're amazing at football, yeah. but you just play it in your back garden, like no one can see. No one can see. Like, you'll exactly. see. You know you're good, but yeah. like you got to get out there. You got to find ways. You got to sign up for clubs. Yeah. You got to fucking keep going. And yeah, and I mean, yeah. I had a conversation with Goof not too long ago, and what we were saying is. If someone's not watching your profile, not watching what you're doing, they're watching somebody else. You need to make sure you've got content. You need to make sure, not like you're in people's faces every second of the day, but when you post something, you know, make it engaging for the, you know, the people that are. Hi, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's simple as that, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's really important social media. You need to make sure you're on top of it, make sure you're posting, yeah. make sure it's quality as well. Don't post yeah. bollocks. This, this is pressure, isn't it? Like mm. to keep regulating content multiple times a week like mm -hmm. you gotta do it really you've got to do it or you'll fall off mm. simple as that yeah so in answer to that question i guess they're both important in their own ways really yeah. isn't music it? first and social media second yeah yeah, yeah yeah and um i think like obviously social media is a lot more important than it used to be yeah. links back to the the kind of tiktok thing you know where it's just where the youth are looking and that's why it's important like mm -hmm. if you think about how like even Everyone listening to this, when you wake up in the morning, the majority of people will pick up the phone <clears throat> and check the social media. If you're on there promoting something, you're giving yourself a better chance of, you know, being in people's minds and them searching and, and playing your stuff. If you're exactly. just waking up and, you know, going on straight into the studio and, you know, not totally disregarding promoting yourself, you're not going to really, you know, get anywhere with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think like, with with you, you've kind of had a, a, an almost late surge, haven't you? Mm -hmm. In yeah. in your popularity, like mm -hmm. I'd say that twenty nineteen was probably your year almost. Yeah. In our oh, scene. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still got work to do, but yeah, yeah. it was it was a good yeah. Year so I, I think yeah. obviously last year, looking at where you were at the start and the end, like mm. you 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 your increase. Yeah, the progression's was, been was, really was strong. Good. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean. Like I said, that, that's largely down to, you know, the help with, with you know, playing the big shows and, and a platform, you know, to showcase what I've been up to. Yeah. And like I said, obviously... What, 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 I was going to say, what, what do you think it's down to? Is it just hard work? Like, I think it's down to... Would you say you've worked harder last year than any other year or were you determined? I think as things have progressed more, I've started to work more. In your head, sometimes you can like get to a certain stage and then yeah, you start to take your foot off the gas. It's to go the other way, isn't yeah. it? You know, like, like, but, you, but you've actually gone the other way, yeah. which is good to hear. It's like my, my kind of personality is when something kind of, you know, gets to a good level. When the level, going gets tough. Yeah, not even that. Oh, when no, it gets, it's not when, tough, is it? I don't know what I'm chatting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when it gets to a good level, you, you want it to a great phrases. level. <laughs> when you get to a great level, you want it to an excellent level. You're an excellent level. You You're want it to a super. Yeah, nah, yeah, you can't sell because there'll be someone snapping at your ankles. Yeah, you can't get complacent. No. Yeah, so obviously you had some big tunes and I think that was the, the centre of it. Yeah, cheers, Was man. there anything else to it, do you think, that I think it's just your... It's, it's making good music it's putting you all into shows you know don't just turn know, up to the when, show obviously and... when, when you play like you're very active like yeah. people obviously I've seen like comments like people love your your, your energy and like, yeah, yeah, your skanks yeah, yeah, just yeah. Shit, like, you can tell that you're proper into it yeah. like. the, the thing is like ev everyone's got their own style you know some people prefer to stand still some people yeah, it's nothing wrong with it's that. nothing wrong with it but in my opinion I just like to if I expect people to you know, rave and dance in front of me. I can't be stood there looking bored. Whereas there'll be some amazing DJs that will stand absolutely still 
mm. and still show. Silent selection. Yeah, like silent selection, silent assassin. <laughs> so yeah, it's whatever works for yeah. each individual. Yeah, I, I know. It's, yeah. it's funny everyone's got their like their different style. But I, I think the the positive of your style is that um people do feed off that energy as well. It's like a almost like a snowball, you know, yeah, like people yeah, will, like, when yeah. they can see the DJs loving it. Having like, it, they'll kinda yeah. like join in. Well, obviously yeah. like there's a lot of different people like yeah. you know, like obviously like Dark Darksy's quite a still like Yeah, he's, he's a silent assassin. Yeah. He's the same with um same with Sir Spyro actually. Yeah. Uh, shout out Spyro, but he uh he's uh he's I and I remember I saw a question once, it's like why do you why do you stand so still? He's like, I'm just concentrating on mixing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people do that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's whatever works for you know the individual, but I yeah, I love it. I yeah. It's the best, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh it's good to obviously I'm sure you agree, it's good to sort of have a, a job that you you love and that, you know. Yeah. By the end of it I'm fucking knackered, dripping in sweat, but you know, if if the rivers have had it and I've had it you know, it's kind of job yeah, done. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how how do you think our you know UK-based sound will evolve from now in the next few years? Mm, that's change? a tricky one. I mean, if I knew, then I'd be ahead of the curve because you know, no, <laughs> see, you're not going to share wanna, it even yeah, if you didn't know. Exactly, everyone's be ahead of the curve. Oh, I feel like it's definitely taking a more melodic route at the moment. There's a lot more, you know, mm. wider spread. To the sounds and the sonics and the melodies as to what as to what there was like maybe i'd say a year or a year and a half ago which yeah. is good which makes it you know more easy definitely to definitely is a, a lot more melodic isn't it yeah i yeah. think that's good though i think it's good yeah do you think it's kind of moved away from the he the heavy straight up skengs like i wouldn't say it's moved away but i think because if you think about all the big tunes recently they most of them have been melodic don't you think yeah they've been melodic because it you can't really listen to it too much on Spotify, like if you're on the way to work that, yeah. on the train. Whereas if it's melodic and it still kind of slaps, you can kind of, you know, get away with yeah. it. And I feel that's where it's kind of gone. Obviously also with the melodic stuff, it's uh, easier, sort of easier to remember, you know, like yeah, that, the anthem factor, like obviously like we were saying in the studio earlier, we were making our tune yeah. and um, we were trying to, work out if you could chant the riff you know like yeah i mean in my opinion like sometimes like with with loving you people like send me videos and say oh i've crucified you so they're like yeah it's good fan interaction yeah it's good fan interaction because people and they couldn't do that if they were going yeah well maybe they could i used to like but yeah i just feel like yeah it's probably going to take a more melodic route i can i can see more um, vocal-led song bass songs coming out because obviously um, in in some ways it's going heavier but in other ways it's not yeah it's a tricky one I think the balance is kind of shifting but not in necessarily a bad way because like in the 2010 days the balance shifted where it got too dark and too grand it was like no melody so this is kind of like going the opposite way I know and you couldn't have really expected this to happen mm, like nah. that is usually what happens with a sound it gets too, too dark heavy and, yeah, and too dark like you said but with this it's Obviously, it is getting heavier, but it's also getting more melodic mm -hmm. and more bouncy in ways. So I, don't, I, yeah. I'm very. I think I think that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Like, it's gonna open up like yeah. even because uh, you you when you came back in in like 2017, mm -hmm. you, your early stuff was more like heavy, wasn't it? It was yeah. very, very just tear out, but then you you sort of switched it up and went a bit more melodic. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. you st you have got you just release that I could be the one that's a bit more heavy isn't it you know yeah like, so if it's like an I could be the one that's like literally a screw face yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah gun finger tear out yeah clatter 
um, yeah. if you listen to something like All oh, Mine, that's more like a yeah, exactly a bub- bubbly kind of. And pop. and I'm like, you've got your musical background. You've had house house dabbling as well. But yeah. I've, yeah. Me personally too. I've also like the more melodic stuff. Like used to listen to Future House. You know, like yeah, exactly, Holden yeah, and charming. Yeah, and it's just it's just melodic. nice on the ear, you know, and it's mm-hmm. got a bit of groove as well. And then yeah. I think to sort of add a bit of heaviness to that with what we do it's just perfect yeah really, exactly you know? yeah so that's mm-hmm. why i feel it's going there my dynamo melodic crew which yeah. i'm really excited about man so uh do, do you prefer old school or the new bass music <laughs> oh <laughs> the killer question you know offense to me <laughs> yeah in 2020 you have to like you have to love the stuff you're currently making right now i feel like the quality of the stuff i'm making at the moment is way better than it was um you know Back in 2007, 2008. Definitely. And I feel like, um, yeah, like I said, it's more accessible to a wider audience and the quality and Sonics are, are a lot, um, yeah, it's a lot better. Definitely improved okay. production. Yeah, improved production. Obviously, no disrespect, but I think, yeah. Just, it's just not just, just facts. technology yeah, as well. <laughs> exactly. We didn't even used to master our stuff back then. You used to just like export them players. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah. Oh, really? No masters? No masters. Wow, yeah, that's a bit mad. Yeah, that's peak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so, like, when you when you are making tunes, mm-hmm. like, where does your inspiration usually come from, or does it vary from like tune to tune, or how you're feeling? It varies. Um, like, when I'm generally producing, I probably get to version eight or nine before I'm happy with just the loop. So I'll get version one, I'll scrap it. Really? Version two, I'll scrap it. So literally, version nine, like ninety nine percent of my tracks end up that way. So if I was like to play, for example, version one, if I could be the one. It sounds nothing like version five or six. Really? Or six. Yeah. So you're very you're very picky. Would very you say? picky. Yeah. And I feel like you you kind of it's a feeling when you know when the song is right. It's not um, you know you can't really plan for a song like the song that we made for example yesterday. To say that's version one, I'm it almost so seems shocked. too good to be too true. good to be true. Literally, because even when we came back today, I was like, right, we're gonna we got we got a lot of lot of edits, a lot of mixing, mastering to like basically finishing the song, and uh, literally like an hour later we were like. I think that's it. That's like, it. Yeah, I you have to be careful just, not to overcook it sometimes. And we don't yeah. want to here, and like we, it was. It's a very basic, like tech, tech, techie wise. It's very basic. Mm-hmm. Not many plugins. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's, um, <laughs> it's a bit yeah, mad. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you agree. I'm excited to get to get that tune out. Yeah, mate, I'm gas. We'll listen. We'll listen back <laughs> to this this time uh, next year, and hopefully, you know, yeah, we'll be yeah. sat on a big clatter on my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yacht gang. <laughs> yeah, yacht gang. Oh, sick. Well, that's good to hear anyway, and. Yeah. Um, in terms of releases, when is your next tune dropping? Um, yeah, so I've got a tune coming out at the end of the month. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but yes, keep your ears peeled. If yeah. if this goes out before the 31st of Jan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think it, I, we'll see. It's good. Planning's got out in January. So. Yeah, so yeah, you'll probably yeah, hear yeah. it. Uh, Around this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to drop um, a song every four to six weeks. I'm looking yeah, I was going to gonna ask if you had much music. Yeah, so I've got year. so much scheduled. Um, you know, sat down with management um, last week and we've got like a solid kind of game plan to, to really increase output this year. You know, it's really difficult to kind of, you know, produce alongside being on the road, playing so many shows. But, you know, I feel like for a scene to, you know, continue to to blossom and, and to grow, it's all down to, to releases and, you know, giving content and giving, you know, yeah, yeah, you got to keep it fresh. Really. Yeah, you got to you keep it. Like, stagnant, yeah. evolving. Mm-hmm. No stagnation around here. Yeah, yeah, trust exactly. Me. And um, speaking of growth, like, do you have any sort of tips in particular to, 
you know you've you've kept on that that growth and that evolution very well and like yeah. also in terms of like growing your fan base almost like from a from a fan's point of view an upcoming dj how, what would you say for like best way to grow your fans. fan base almost like um yeah i mean i've not got that that many um that many supporters on um instagram it's been growing quite quite a lot recently i've been because i was quite late onto instagram to be honest um really yeah i'd say just put yourself into the fan's head what would you want to see from your favorite dj so when i'm doing a post i'm not might not be everyone's favorite dj but you know if i'm looking at someone else i think what would i want to see them post and i kind of like think about that when i'm when i'm posting things out. I, i'd say as well just be responsive like i try and reply to a lot of messages when yeah, i can yeah that's a good like way that. yeah be responsive uh, um and just the original try and be likable so like, yeah don't be a that's not something you can force just be yourself but you know you've got to treat treat fans with respect and i, I think like I, I think the, the like uh likability factor is massive like mm. yourself everyone loves skepsis no one like in terms of industry people don't have a bad word to say about skeps because you're a very likable kind of kind of person i think it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i think yeah. it's very important man you don't want to be known as a as a little prick because no. that's not going to help anybody it's like literally I, shooting yourself in the foot yeah and i think for up and comers like you got manners are very i've always said that manners are really yeah. important. like it's a very basic thing but just like if someone's rude to me like i will remember it for a long time like even if it's just not saying thanks or like mm -hmm. something like that yeah. you know the way someone speaks to you yeah. i think you've got to be very courteous especially if yeah. you're in a new position you know trying to speak to mm -hmm. people and stuff. yeah so yeah that's kind of what i say it's, yeah mm. be original you know try and put your head in the consumers kind of thoughts and yeah it'll, and obviously like i say it'll boils down that back boils down to the music and yeah you know the quality of that as long so. as you've got the bangers yeah if you look for the bangers if you could collab with anyone mm -hmm. who who would it be charmy charmy yeah you know what i think that would actually work really well like your style and Mate. his style you could make I remember. That'd be <laughs> and you know what though because like I, I think you, that's achievable obviously Charmy, if you're listening, hit up tier seven. But you know, so, I tweeted him in 2017. I said, like, <laughs> one day you'll know about me and we'll play the same festival really? stage. Yeah, back in 2016 or 17. I mean, oh, you might have to search. So hopefully, you know, universe, let's yeah. make that happen. He's, he's yeah. the, in my opinion, he is like, he's a pioneer. He... Yeah, with that future house yeah, sound that came he's back round. Animal. Yeah. The quality of his groove. And he's got some heavier stuff. I've played a couple of his tunes in my Yeah, that is before. it. Siawa, S A A W. Yeah, and, and, and uh, another one called Superlative. Superlative. Yeah, I'll start playing that again. <laughs> yeah, it's fire, like garage kind of one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, he. Legend. And I mean, he collabed with Taiki Newlight, obviously, who's in the sort yeah, of. And yeah, and AC Slater as well. Yeah, so you're not that. Yeah. Um, it's mm. funny you mention AC Slater because another question that I had was uh, someone asked um, how did your collaboration with AC Slater come about and what is he like to work with yeah so the AC Slater collab came about um, I don't know if um, everyone knows but I've got a song called Motion Shift and I was trying to get it to him I didn't really know how to and I knew someone that was kind of you know on the Night Base label so I was like oh could you file this over to AC Slater please because I was playing the stuff on my kids fresh show at the time yeah um, so they fired it over AC Slater's been making that bass house sound yeah for time he's pioneered <laughs> it he's literally been yeah in America you know, I remember in 2015 like when I was getting into the new school sound he was one of the first names that I heard like mm -hmm, listening mm -hmm. to his stuff on SoundCloud yeah, the guy's like, a legend man yeah so yeah anyway I managed to get in motion shift and he put it in one of his hard summer mixes and then you know kind of like sport from there and I was working on an album last year which didn't unfortunately come out so I might do it another time and I was like yo would you like to 
you know, yeah, she a shot song. Again. Yeah, she just asks, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You can say no. He said, yeah. Exactly. So we did that, and he's also done a remix of Motion Shift. So yeah, big up Percy Slater, man. Yeah, legend, that yeah. Did it come together easily? Like, what was it like to work with him? Yeah, it was sick, man. We just kind of like bounced stems out, um, and then he got the he got the rapper Armani Rain, who's American based. Um, they always went back and forth on stems. Yeah. Uh, step back. I really like that song. It's like yeah, a, yeah. a housey kind a of one. Groovy, yeah, yeah, like, groovy, yeah, yeah. Did you play it in your free hours set? Uh, I can't remember, probably, to be honest. <laughs> you were a bit I was too mashed, man. Any t- I feel Tier anyone- 7 loves a vodka cranberry. <laughs> if anyone wants to tip out there, if you play in a three hour set, don't start drinking the first five minutes. Oh, gosh. It's a little pro tip there. Yeah. I was messed up by the end of it. <laughs> I find some of my best sets when I'm drunk though. Obviously, yeah, no. you get in the wobbly. Oh, yeah, well, I've, I've stopped drinking now, so we'll see how this yeah. over sets. Yeah, going. yeah. No crowd <laughs> surfing, yeah. Scott. No, no crowd <laughs> surfing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, my last my last production related question was, yeah. what is your favorite tune of of 2019, and what is your favorite tune that you've produced of all time? Oh my lord, favorite tune. Yeah, favorite tune of 2019. Um, it could be hooked from Notion. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. That's one that I always one. find that literally consecutively every year, like Notion has my favorite tune of the yeah, year. Yeah, he's an animal. Literally, like it was it. like, it, I, literally since like 2015, it must have been like Crooklyn and something else. Real. And then, the, do you remember his Hurt Me remix for Conductor and Debbie? That was so sick. And then, and then Real and then, yeah. Um, yeah, so off the top of my head, probably that. Um, Hurt, and yeah. one of my favourite tunes, what do you mean, ever? Your favourite one, so your favourite tune of last year was Hooked. Probably, yeah. And, um, well, for me, um, I don't know, yeah, Hooked was a big tune. Um, obviously, there was other big tunes like pay for thrills and um, oh yeah zero yeah, <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah in terms of, I, I i probably should have thought about this more to be fair yeah yeah but, um i i think it may have been 2018 but obviously holy goose jackie chan remix i really oh, like that yeah. tune the, the intro yeah he's read like remix last year as well so. yeah um, like, um yeah and, yeah and what's your favorite tune you've ever made this this question is too hard because i can't even remember about 80 percent of them but <laughs> recently off the top of my head it will be the james hype remix even though i hated it when i first kind of yeah. played together but, but yeah. do you, do you, you love it? You love playing it now. Uh, and like, proper buzz off. Yeah, yeah. 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 I went, when like, <laughs> I buzz off it. Yeah, you've been playing it. I love playing it. Oh, cheers, man. Um, yeah, that's one I'm really proud of. And one that I kind of, you know, really get gassed when it's yeah. about to drop. Yeah, so probably over the last few years, that I'd say that has to be up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Sick. And hopefully, you can expect some more tunes like that soon, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been grafting like. Sounds like you're not slowing down, you know. Try not to, man. Speeding up. You can't slow down, bro. Like I said, someone will be chomping on your ankles as mm. soon as you take your foot off the gas in this industry. So yeah. you've got to keep on it. Never, yeah. ever get comfortable. So um, we're not going to be hearing any less of Tier 7 in the next couple of years. Unfortunately not. So <laughs> anyone who doesn't like me better, you know, <laughs> stick those earplugs in. Sick, <laughs> not going <sick>. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to... Um, I think I'm just going to end with a, a couple of random questions um, cool. from people. Yep. Cam Smith said, what is your go-to fast food? Um, well, I'm a pescatarian at the moment, so my options are quite limited. So, uh, if I'm in a hotel, probably fish and chips. Some fair fish and chips, fish bangs and chips, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, uh, sauce mayo. not as much fast food, but the halloumi and mushroom wrap from Nando's is really nice yeah, for fair. any any veggies. I'm pescatarian as well. Um, yeah. Copy me. So that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Dan Pierce said, "Bounty is the best chocolate." 
Dumpy I think it's in response to your, Dumpy your controversial post about the best chocolates <laughs> in the box. Dumpy is needs to get those bounties and throw them in the bin. <laughs> I don't actually mind bounty, you know. You're wrong un. What? Nah, coconut's paying. No, fucking chocolate is not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bounty needs to get in the bin, man. <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg? Egg. Egg, why? I knew you said that. If I said chicken, you just said why as well. <laughs> yeah, but obviously why? I don't know, bro. Egg, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but where did the egg come from? Fuck no, it was gone. This is twisting my head. Um, how do you like your eggs in the morning? Scrambled. Scrambled, okay. Off-ride. Um, and finally, what is the best crowd reaction you've ever had on a tune, do you reckon? Or can, is there any like memorable moments in your head of gigs that... Like red, career red. highlight moments of tunes dropped. Yeah, there's two. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Reading Festival last year with the Crew Cast Boys. I was loving you, and then um, yeah. my Leeds gig. My mum and dad were in the crowd. We managed to sell it out, and I was loving you and the CO2. And was that the, your warehouse? Yeah, your tour warehouse show. Lot, yeah. Oh shit, there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I pl- I played there not long after you, and it was so sick. I did not. Obviously, I thought it would be good, but I was like, whoa, it's like, unbelievable. Yeah, the man. warehouse. Yeah, sick. Sick yeah. menu, yeah. So yeah, those two recently, especially the one where my parents came to the the first leg of my tour. Like my my mum and dad had never been to a a show before. Yeah. That was the first one. You know, the song was kind of popping at the moment. At yeah. that moment, um, more special with your parents there. When yeah. you say they're in the crowd, what they were like? Not in raving the mosh in the mixer. <laughs> nah, not not doing the uh, the <laughs> good fingers rail. Front row, but now nah, they were stood in the VIP at the top. Oh, okay, and yeah. My mum was it's a bit savage. Yeah, way down my, there. My mum loved it. Oh, that's alright. Yeah. It, so, what yeah. what do your parents think about what you're doing? Um, yeah, they're really really proud of me, man. And I'm I'm really happy that they are because at yeah. first, as you probably know. You can't really guarantee that the music kind is the music thing's gonna kind of you know work out. It's a, it's no. a big risk because it's so competitive. You never know where you're gonna kind of get big, to. Big but risk. When they started to see it getting, when they started seeing it getting serious, they kind of like you know really supported me. In was it ever time. was it ever a risk for you doing music? Because I'm I'm lucky enough to say that I think I haven't had to sort of take that risk yet because. I, I graduated uni and then it Spring just happened music. that I was at a point where I could go full time and, you know. Yeah, there's been times where it's been really tight, you know, financially there's been times where I felt really low and I wouldn't say depressed because I think depressed is a word that gets thrown about quite a lot. Were you ever close to giving it up? So many times, so many times. And then there was always that thought in the back of my mind that if you if you give up you'll you'll never know if it could have happened you know you you can't really let the laws get you too low um that's that's something i kind of you know live by don't let the highs get you too high don't let get the let the laws get you too low not in a preachy way but, yeah then you won't feel so so thrown yeah, off when something just happens balance because it's easy to get gassed and being gassed is it's good and it's bad because when your head's in the cloud sometimes it's kind of like a long way back down to reality yeah. um on the flip side when you're too low Hard it's, to pick yourself yeah, up. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to pick yourself up. So if you try and like keep a balance with that, yeah. that kind of like yeah, helps. It helps me anyway. Yeah. So hopefully I'll help someone else out Sick. there. Sick. Well, yeah. And hopefully that shows like for anyone out there, don't give up, you know. Yeah, just keep grafting. I mean, I mean, just look at your 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 path, you know. Yeah, it's still a long way to go. But yeah, like I said, I'm grateful for, for the stage it's kind of got to. And yeah, hopefully it'll um, continue, man. 
Sick. Yeah, man. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a day there. Yeah, um, we got mine. Tier Enjoy 7, Skepsis, uh, Skepsis Speaks, episode one. Hope you've enjoyed and I will be back here again soon. Tier 7. My G. Thanks for coming down. Big up, bro. My bro. Yeah. Big up. Peace.